there will actually be a time when the people wake up and beat labor labor leaders you know like not be even government yeah you know for taking them for granted for too long if they're not careful you know so that's what i see with what's going on you know so mm -hmm. labor needs to fix up and start being what it is supposed to be in this historical context which means standing on the side of the people making sure you are protecting the interests of the people and doing what is politically necessary even if it means getting to the political arena and contesting for power actually a lot of people on the left have been saying that labor should respond to the economic situation that people are facing with action right and the economic situation is getting worse by the day because it's not only that the subsidy has supposedly been removed i mean in practical terms the price of fuel has been skyrocketing it's also that the naira is collapsing so or has been on a steady decline largely since um the inauguration of this newish president so that has then led to mounting demands across the left that the labor movement act um and hitherto it's been a series of um quite dissatisfying responses from labor movement including these kinds of threats to act but that are then followed by some very watered down statements um where labor seems to concede to the federal government you know with just based on promises of having further meetings um and then suddenly we hear that the nlc president was beaten up and labor is actually going on a strike so you know i think the question for socialist policy in a way is should we shift our advocacy from whatsapp groups and uh, and online column writing to beating up labor presidents in order to get them to respond to the economic situation or like what what what, what lesson can one take out of this um and also what do, you, what, do you, what do you make of the fact that the thing was then called off a day into it you know or just a couple of days into it uh and then also the popular response to it like i guess yeah i just wondered how you would react i mean megan you uh yeah brief on that <laughs> How do you respond to the entire thing? What it, what, the way it seems, you know, from where I stand is that um, given the sequence of events, where we are now is we're at a point where it's almost like a fight for who whose who's narrative, you know, the, the the Nigerian population, or the greater part of the Nigerian population, buys it into. So there are yeah. people who, who think that labor is useless. It's um, it's antithetical to development and progress. And then there are guys who say uh, that labor should have been on this shit, you know, from the get go, and that in fact that it's almost as though they, they are compromised or that they lack any direction. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, perhaps there's a small population that thinks that um, labor still has the capacity to put up a fight. Um, but 
at the end of the day, it's um, pretty much about narratives, and and so it's one has to be careful because it's it's, um, it's a much more nuanced conversation that you know um, that can give us any clarity. But the one thing that we do know is that labor has been threatening um, to go on strike, but then it's it's something up the alley of collective bargaining, what labor is supposed to do and bargain on behalf of, of the workers, you know, in their interest. And I think that a fair assessment of the situation would suggest that they have been trying to do so and that they have been met with all sorts of, um, I don't know whether the word is conning or all sorts of roadblocks. So, um, their negotiations, one minute, they're threatening, the next minute, they are met with uh, court injunctions, the next minute. Um, so the federal government goes to court and gets um, an injunction to to say that it's illegal for them to go on strike. But they also have to be seen to be negotiating with um, the government um because a general strike is not child's play it's um if you go in you go in um full steam and it has consequences it also has consequences for the economy um people might not understand the import of labor going on strike for a day or two um as in the case of this last one that was triggered by um, the roughing up of, of the NLC president. I said trigger because, you know, there were already issues, uh, especially in emo states, where um, the current governor, who has just won a re-election, has been at loggerheads with um, Labour. So the, the story is that he's been at loggerheads with, you know, Labour at the national level and not at the state level. But it all boils down to owing of salaries, the declaration of many workers in Imo State as ghost workers. You know, yeah, so that's what the fight ha had actually been about. Yeah. Um, so, so you listen to, depending on who you're listening to, the question now is why call, why go to Imo State for to, for protest ten days before the election? So it's being painted as um, politically motivated. Um, yeah. has been made to to seem as though he has a dog in 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 the fight of who becomes um, or who would become or who became the governor of Imo State. Right. Um, and and part of the allegation is that okay, Labour Party is a, is a contesting the election, and so the Labour yeah. Labour unions trying to call a strike, and that's right before that same election is partisan. And somehow the labor unions being partisan is deemed inappropriate. Um, I want to come back to the emo question and the narrative question because it's an important one. But um, basically, it seems like to go back to your point about collective bargaining that there are two sides having a negotiation, and one side is using everything it can. The courts the media narrative, um, dishonesty, like setting up meetings, not going, um, 
you know, financial inducements, if you buy into the behind the scenes discussions. And then the other side is like seemingly in a strategically much less innovative position where it seems to be doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results with the exception now of this of this strike. So why is that? I mean, how do you explain that to yourself? Like why um, the government can use every means at its disposal, perhaps even including beating up the Labour president, but um, Labour doesn't seem to believe or understand that it also has a wider strategic toolkit unless it affects the president personally, or at least that's what it looks like. I think that last bit. Labour doesn't seem like what? Doesn't seem to be aware that it has a wider toolkit at its disposal unless unless the the problem affects them personally, as in unless they actually literally get slapped in the face. You know, is, is that putting it too harshly? Like all this time, they actually had the capacity to strike, but only when president gets beat up do they remember that actually, yeah, this this is how you mobilize organs, etc. Leaving aside the fact that okay, you can say the strike actually was very ineffective, but why is it that? Are we really at a point in time, basically, where labor has almost no like capacity to innovate strategically? Is that is that what's happening here? Or? Uh, I just think that labor has boxed itself into being subservient to the political order of today, right. and they're not really um independent you know they don't move organically as they're supposed to move you know so they are very much under the influence of what the executive says or what they are allowed to do and if it has happened to be that for so long if they try to do anything that's independent they will be met with state and non-state actors like you know and if it means beating the labor president up that will happen you know like because now there are a lot of channels whereby um the ruling class or the political the politically dominant aspects or yep. rulers they where they enforce their power and anything that seems to want to disrupt what they want will be met with off off book mm. methods or you know, official methods, you know, so and labor has over the years not shown to be uh, effective in organizing and being the real resistance, you know, so why is it now? Why are you, you know, and it's a slippery slope because once you allow the ruling elites to get full grip over you, it'll be very hard to now say you want to morph or develop some sort of independence out of right. the blue. These things are built over like decades mm. and it's not been used, you know, tangibly for the people. Like maybe since in quote Oshua Mole days. Now exactly. what you have is a labor that is notorious for having, you know, trick or tricked the people. Yeah. And giving them false hope, you know. So there will actually be a time when the people wake up and beat labor labor leaders you know like not be even government yeah 
you know, for taking them for granted for too long if they're not careful, you know. So that's what I see with what's going on, you know. So mm -hmm. Labour needs to fix up and start being what it is supposed to be in this historical context, which means standing on the side of the people, making sure you are protecting the interests of the people and doing what is politically necessary, even if it means getting to the political arena and contesting for power. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, I, I want to pick up on a point you made there about the kind of trajectory of labor since Oshomole. I mean, this is not an Oshomole praising podcast for sure, but I think that we can probably all admit that there was at least a kind of flaw, um, a basic level of ruling class mago mago that the labor movement would not take including the subsidy issue, right? Um, and in the post-Oshomale period, it seems like there's no longer any red line or flow for labor. So is it, how would you explain that to yourself? Like, is it that the labor movement has sort of lost its way since Oshomale in effect? Or is it that the ruling class has gotten much better um, at moving the pieces around such that Labour leaders just find themselves kind of with their hands tied and with no options. Um, <laughs> and then the Labour Party comes into this question as well. So that's kind of one question. And the second one is about the Labour Party. Because in theory, the Labour Party was supposed to give Labour more, more wiggle room because it could also exercise a political muscle or threaten action on the electoral plane. But in practice, the Labour Party seems to have reduced the wiggle room that Labour has because its actions can now be deemed as political, which somehow is considered out of bounds. And you see Labour leaders saying, no, 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 it's not political what we're doing, rather than embracing the fact that, yes, actually, people should be held to electoral account for not keeping their promises or agreeing to what they negotiated earlier or signed up to earlier. So I guess my question here is that like, would you, you know, uh, is that trajectory from Oshomale till now a story about labor, the decline of labor activism, the continued decline of labor activism in Nigeria? Or is it one about um, the growing strength and kind of political strategy of the ruling class in um, hamstringing labor or both and this includes the emergence of the labor party naturally i want to hear what america thinks about this i, I don't think that you and i are on the same page with your shama uh, okay it's uh, it's it's um, it's nice that you you put that caveat in there that this isn't uh, an ashamali pre-singing podcast I think that if you even trace the genesis of the labor problem, of course you don't, you wouldn't locate it in Oshomali's tenure. Um, you probably need to go further back. But I started being um, weary of labor from the Oshomali era. Um, it didn't help that one day I was. Maybe I was in Abuja or so, and then I was driving by, and, I, and then in those days I saw a Somali with uh, in in an LX four seventy at the time, one of these jeeps, yeah, big jeep. 
you could tell that it was brand new. They had the Nigerian coat of arms, they had the label insignia and, and all of that. And that one of the things that I remember most about that era was that he would also call a strike. You know, mm. his own label would also call a strike. Um, over fuel price increase, you know, um, most, most notoriously, and then going to negotiations. And so the price of fuel probably would go from maybe 20 something naira or 60 something naira to 90 something naira. And then he would threaten fire and brimstone. Mm -hmm. Only to go into a negotiation with government and then come out. Um, and then what we would find is that, oh, okay, they reached the compromise. And what's the compromise? So the, the, the price never reverts back to what it used to be. No, sure. Somewhere in between. So um, perhaps there are commentators or observers who would think that that's um, a win, you know, or they met halfway. But he found a way to consistently do that. You know, but isn't that, that better than now? Well, he, he, so here's like here's the thing. In Naira terms. Um, no, but here's the thing. So after Oshomali, there was the, what's his name now? Ba, what's his name again? Waba. Yeah, Waba, something. Yeah. And just around town, this guy effectively was in the pockets of the APC. All right. Um, so it also didn't help that Oshomali left and went into partisan politics and then first on the platform of this same Labour Party. You know, that's, uh, that's like you say, made sure that the current NLC TUC Labour Union arrangement, you know, doesn't have a big, doesn't have as much regal space. But he went into, in fact, he was. The force behind the reformation or reconstitution of what's currently known as the Labour Party, but then he he dumped the party. He actually did win, if I remember correctly, win um, the gubernatorial election on on that platform. But then dumped the party and went into um, APC. All right. So um, if there's a sense in which you start to talk about the politicization um, of labor unions in terms of party politics then i think he started it um so it's it's always a joke for me these days to listen to him talk about the labor unions from you know across the bench as a politician and and, and he did that yesterday so that's why i think that's a narrative thing okay so when all of this um last um with labor and government started as a result of um, the present president calling off, you know, declaring the removal of subsidy. He was one of the people who was enlisted to go into the negotiations with Labour. Right. Now, the conversation at the time was that they needed time. All right. Um, it was a new government. Yes, they had. Um, made the mistake of declaring policy um, subsidy gone even before they were ready to even even before they had an idea how they wanted to go about uh, palliatives interventions and, and all whatnot you know even before they had a chance to even know the current state of the nigerian economy so um so that's on the one side because nuance demands that we do this so that's on the one side 
in the struggle that Libor has with the current federal government. Okay. Right on that on that Ajero. Right. The emo issue predates Ajero's um, leadership of the labor union of, of the NLC. All right. So there were agreements that had been reached before his ascendancy into the position of um, NLC president. All right, that they had tried to iron out with the emo state governor, you know, and you know they always met a brick wall. So these things weren't being implemented. I mean, this you would get from if you listen to Ajero's own um, brief press conference or press release press conference. Yeah, mm. um, after he was roughened up. Now, who was he roughened up by? And that's a very you know, good question. Was he roughened up by thugs, you know, from the governor's camp, or was he roughened up? Because the story is that at some point he ended up in the police station, okay, mm-hmm. and then at some point then found his way into a hospital. But he had been roughed up real bad even before um, the police got hold of him, right? So, uh, the in as much as the narrative that the government wants to sell, you know, wants to put this seeks to bring these two issues together. They're two separate issues. So the emo thing is different from um, the struggle around subsidy and all of that. So if you take the subsidy bits, you would, as much as Nigerians want, you know, um, an end to this suffering, Nigerians want um, things to get better because they're terribly bad, you would find that there's also an argument for giving this federal government time, okay? Which is what they have been trying to buy over the last six months from when the current sitting president declared um, exotically that subsidy was gone. You know, so it's always almost been, oh, give us time. Now, this is where the point that you raise about the labor union for leaking with the labor party comes in okay so they probably don't have that much leg space or room space to to wiggle because um they declared um yeah um but the cast they are they are what's it called or the pitch rather they attend with the labor right. party okay so anything they do now will be colored with that but regardless, it's it, it, people want to have to be seen. They would need to be seen to have exhausted all avenues for negotiation, right? But by who? But seen by who? I mean, do you think that Nigerians are that Nigerians Niger- that the demand Nigerians have of labor right now is please negotiate, or is the demand fight? Yeah. So you think, your you, you, you seem to lump Nigerians up as um, one entity. No, their political opinion. Let's speak. Yeah, their political, no, their political opinion. There are people who don't think that people have anything to say, that they don't have any, that in fact, what they are chasing is their own political interest, that they don't, that they, right. they, they don't have But any, if Labour yeah, were that, to fight, whose side would those people be on? Would they be like, why is Labour fighting? Like if Labour were to come out and call a general strike, in so because of the subsidy, those people that you're describing, would they oppose the general strike, you reckon, or would they 
be like Libo finally called, Labour is acting. Labour called a strike for but not a for day the or two. Yeah. No, they called it strike for a day or two. Okay. Right? Okay. What do you mean the, said, pro- uh, the the protest action? I mean, they didn't call it a strike. You're talking about the the time when they marched to the National Assembly, right? No, this one, this one of yesterday. But even okay. proud to you, even in all their threats, public opinion has always been divided. So there are people who, and we know this from even before the Tinubu era, you know, even under Jonathan. Labour threatens to go on strike, and then you find people who say, what's the, what treating these Labour people them they do, sir? You understand? Which one be say they're sabotaging the economy? You know, so it's, because okay, uh, right. it's, it's a serious, it's serious business. If they call a strike, it means that the economy grinds to a halt. No, of course. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it, look, I buy your point the there. If you're saying that they are like, so to speak, ideological opponents of striking that exist, who will be like, um, don't strike because within these unions, they do stuff. Let's just, for lack of a better term, call them liberals, even neoliberals, then they, for Nigeria. I'm not trying to say they're not there, but that for a lot of people who are on the receiving end of the economic crunch, having someone fight for them would be quite welcome. And they are not necessarily, they're probably the majority and they probably aren't very concerned with the niceties of collective bar- collective bargaining or negotiation or giving them time, all that stuff. So, I mean, from that perspective, isn't the gentlemanly collective bargaining actually continuing to to erode the legitimacy of labor, which was already eroding from your perspective, even back in the Ashomale days? Or do you feel that that's leaving, winning labor some friends in other quarters? I think that if, if you want my honest answer, I think that the majority of Nigerians don't really they, they can't be bothered about legal. They're not even, I'm not even sure that that's what they're thinking about. Um, but for those who are, are insist that, you know, public opinion is split. Now, I don't even think that yeah. the fear for even the federal government about legal going on strike is because of public opinion per se. Um, in the sense that, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, Labour would get most of the support, right? Um, the fear really is about the economy, right? Uh, so what Labour can do <clears throat> when it decides to go on, on you know, strike, say maybe for two weeks or maybe three weeks, is that it grinds the economy to a total halt mm. and that the pangs people then begin to feel it more, right? Um, what that forces people, how that forces people to react is is something that we, we, we can't predict, but most likely it will put pressure on the federal government. So the, the federal government then begins, you know, to, to feel the heat, you know, they didn't they, they know that they're in the kitchen for real. Right, which is but, precisely the point of the strike. And, you know, isn't this, that's that's I think that's been the basis of the question. I think we now agree that strikes put pressure on the federal government. Right. So then it's like, why is it that the federal government seems to be the one putting pressure on labor? I mean, whereas labor is somehow unable to respond back and, and mount the pressure in the opposite direction. 
is it because in effect the ruling class have figured out how to maybe with the help of Oshomole totally remove all strategic options from the table for labor and play them like footballs or is it that labor itself has been complicit i mean or are there external factors i mean i don't know climate change because <laughs> what we can agree is that, <laughs> what we can agree about is that strikes put pressure on government and the pressure on government is not there at the moment so why why is that the case i mean is there an ideological shift in labor where labor as america is saying is like let's give them time to implement shock, shock therapy I, mean, I i added the other part to your sentence but that's what let's give them time basically means right because Giving them time means that you are eating the last bit of your gari that you have while they go to Saudi Arabia to shake hands with sheikhs. So um, mm-hmm. maybe I'm only you want to come in here. I mean, what, yeah, how would you yeah. respond to this term? What I feel is that labor or labor union, or they are forgetting that they, at this point in time, are supposed to be... Pol- in fact, it's supposed to be a political entity. Right. Labor is not neutral. There's no aspect of this that is supposed to be neutral because right. we've seen that capital versus labor day. If labor goes to sleep, capital is going to try to make wins and squash it. So that labor party or having mm-hmm. a political tinge to whatever it is that they are doing is the guard against that so that labor can institutionalize its own political programs and make sure that whatever wins it gets cannot be beaten back by the ruling class. But how a labor organization goes to sleep for decades mm. and thinks that it won't lose or lose political ground is, you know, is, is more than me. And they've lost it. That's the thing now. They've lost it so much now that it is through the aperture of the ruling class that they want to be operating. And it shows the mm. total weakness and maybe, you know, um, forgetting or naivety of what they are supposed to be doing. They are supposed to be political. They cannot be neutral. There's no neutral institution in this our superstructure of the country. Is it having the real class or is it having the people or helping to keep them down? You know, that kind of thing. So when labor has forgotten that task, that is when it becomes a useless entity where they can be playing like ping pong up and down. So what you're saying is both angles where the ruling class don't box them and labor itself has gone to sleep on top of his political um, task that he's supposed to do. You know, so it's not until when they start beating your leaders up or the president up that you now start saying you want to go to strike. No, a lot of things, they, they don't use trample on the masses. What thing can happen? Mm. They don't do anything. You know, it's, it now feels as if it's a one-man agenda because they beat your president up. You now want to go for a strike. What about the other things where people don't face? That's why mm. people don't take them serious because it feels as if they are just fighting for the, you know, um, leadership or lead, lead aristocracy. Yeah, so it's not about that. It's supposed to be that you guys are supposed to be the shield, guiding and helping the people. Not be until they slap a jero or slap people. Now you can come and say you won't come out. No, you're supposed to always check these guys and make life miserable for them anytime they want to assault the people economically or politically. You know, that's it. That's what's the function of labor evolving into having a labor party and these unions evolving into having a party that's supposed to protect their political interests and make right. it institutionalized codified into you know the how how nigeria operates but you know going back to that point that maker made that people can't be bothered yeah they can't be bothered you know because it has proven not to stand by them labor has proven not to stand by them you know over the decades so waiting my little bread and butter we are not going to make 
you still won't come the call strike when you don't prove to be useless anyway so people yeah. don't give labor middle finger and you know and that's it yeah well i have a i have a different view to this um i think that people react to what labor do people who react to a lot of people who react to how labor stands on what they do today don't have a long view of the history of the labor unions all right um you mean in nigeria or you mean like in the world in in nigeria in okay. nigeria especially people who run social commentaries um i don't even want to classify them as you know liberals or even though those ones are even in the majority the truth about the matter is that labor has been balkanized for a very long time it didn't start today it started from the 70s all right so that labor union that we're talking about that we're looking for today right hasn't existed in from 1980 till now like 40 years True. okay part of the reason why i went back to the oshomala era is to say that he wasn't different from the labor that we got after the balkanization of labor yeah, despite that despite that he had a lot more popular support and legitimacy than these guys i mean i, I just think there was less likelihood of Oshomale being slapped and beaten up sure i mean i think i mean i don't want us to i don't want us to make I don't want us to. It's not a joke. Why would you go and slap a labor leader? Yes, I, mean, I agree with you. So people are saying uh, that's it's because they slapped him down. Yes, if you slap a general, you get you get blowback. If you go and slap a, a even a, a, a yeah, but how would you find yourself in a position okay. where you are slapping generals? I mean, you see, the Nigerian government is not. There's a reason why the Nigerian government is not slapping generals, but Nigerian government and there was even Oshomole, They were not slapping him. But we're now at a level where the Nigerian government is fully comfortable slapping you, and as a labor leader in 2023, yeah. I want so, to give you so the, it's an apology. The question is, whose fault is it that the labor leader is being slapped? But, is it the labor leader's good, fault, or is it the labor union's fault? It's a really good question. And what's I, your, mean, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, it's not me. I'm not. It's not even funny to me because you slap a labor leader, there must be blowbacks. There must be consequences, even if it's for two days. In, in fact, it is justified that they show that, oh, okay, we're still... Because before now, there were negotiations with you. They're trying to understand where you're coming from. You know, you're opening up a bit to them and saying, oh, there's just no money for this thing now. We're asking for 100,000 minimum wage. We probably but, can't like do that. But this is precisely why the guy got slapped. I mean, I think that's what OG is saying, is that, look, they don't take no, that's not why he got slapped no, but he, listen he, to that he got slapped for local policies in emo states that has nothing to do with but well subsidizing party and no be so yeah, but that no be, no but, but no be, I guess, make we, like, make you, can argue, you can argue right that the guy had been reduced to the point of view where these people did not have any fear of the guy at all any concern for the guy because they basically saw him as somebody that if they tell him jump, he will ask how high. Oh, yeah, show up at uh, Aso Rob. Let's give it. No, that's not. I, I don't. That's not my reading of the situation. So to the point that look, if you are coming to intervene in our state level politics, if it's a political matter, you are at your own mm-hmm. risk. That's the, the level where you are not taking the guy. No, 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 be waiting. No, be so many In fact, the strike resets their brain. That's two-day strike reset their brain. In uh-huh. fact, if you ask me, there are people who within the ruling party who have told the governor of Emo State, guy, you went you went overboard there. You won't you won't spoil things for us. 
Okay, that which is why the NSC called the meeting, uh, Ribadu called that meeting to say, ah, okay, because they had to fix his rubbish. Yes, they are the ruling party. We don't. I don't even want to start going into what happened in Imo State as an election because that one, that one for me, not even election. Yeah. But you, you. So it's local politics. Ajaro is from Imo State. If Ajaro was from Cross River State, I bet you. Hope no go fit slap up. Hope no go fit send people to slap up. You know, I mean, it's funny you're saying that, right? Because I, I love that you yeah. said that because, you know, people often say, this is an aside, but we often say, oh, like, charity begins at home. The suffering where we suffer, uh -huh. Ninja, uh -huh. no go fit suffer and if we succeed. But I think you made, point, you made the opposite point, which is that uh, if people respect you outside, now for your house, they go to slap you. That's <laughs> <Best> now. <laughs> then no, I'm not. You say you'll be president for Abuja. When you reach house, you'll still pull your ear, can't slap you, say make you kneel down. So that yes, maybe hope. Yeah. Hope hope thinking now, so not be that small boy where we know the primary school, second, which they didn't start because it's a little who you see, you understand. And that's what gave them the balls to do what they did. Yeah, you know? Um so they needed a response. And I'm I'm and the way I read it, I might be wrong, you know, even though I don't accept, you know, some of what what the general um, commentary, how the, com the general comment or more popular commentary goes, is that hope was on the verge of messing things up for the federal government, which is why they had to call the because if you even watch their stance this time, you would know that these are people who are already telling you that they did because the the federal government was saying they even got the court injunction to stop this last strike. But they said they didn't even that they were not served with any notice and that they and that in fact even if they were that the judiciary has been bought by the federal government so that they are the part of the same thing that they're not even listening to them but they brought them to the table and each time they call them to the table the onus lies on them to go and listen right yeah, but you see but the that's question not, hey that's not true that okay. the onus lies on them to go, because as in you can still continue to mount pressure that, for instance, Labour asked the federal government for meeting and the federal government doesn't meet. So why should Labour jump straight, uh, enter motor and be driving to Abuja anytime that federal government makes a peak that we should meet? Secondly, I mean, the table, you know, is supposed to be in a meeting with the Labour minister, with secretary to the government of the federation, the committees that they had, the government promised to set up to review you know, minimum wage issues, all of which have been set aside. Now, you know, they, and they, that meeting platform has continued to be eroded to the point where now the NSA is the one supposedly speaking for the government to apologize. And what if the NSA is... The question, so the question the, is why? The, but why the point, would is, be the the point is that that's, from my standpoint, from my perspective, and I think this may be aligns with OAG is saying, They've negotiated, negotiated, neg sorry, they've negotiated you down to the bare minimum. So the NSA is intervening from the point of view of like, oh, you as a private citizen was uh, accosted by other citizens. You happen to be somebody that we know. So sorry about that. Versus leaving aside the whole economic and even political issue that's pressing Nigeria's neck, which Labour is supposed to be responding to. So again, it kind of seems to point back to a situation where labor has been beat back so radically that whatever the government gives they just kind of have to take 
even if it just it even if it's like slightly half-hearted um afterthought of an apology from the NSC, who by the way has no mandate really to be engaging in labor negotiation. Yeah, yeah well, two things I'll tell you is that I think that Ajero is probably a much better labor union leader than Oshomole and his predecessor. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. So this might go against the grain of you know uh, that's interesting yeah i and i think that he's more of a fighter all right unfortunately he's and this doesn't have to be unfortunate right but he's constrained by his um political leanings right and leanings in the sense that there's a labor party which is supposed to be like a vanguard party and then he's tilted towards that without even being a card-carrying member of the Labour Party. Because he has said, oh, okay, in these last elections, we'll support the Labour candidates, um, whatever. That's where we'll go, you know, along with the TUC. So that's one part of it. The second part of it is that when the NSC, who has always been part of the negotiating team prior to now, wades into the matter by first sending out word that Oh, we have arrested the guy who manhandled labor union president. That was so they weren't being ordered around. They had shown good faith by saying that they had arrested the people who were responsible for his um, brutalization. Hey, come, they, don't give you, they don't give you they don't give you appointment because you are doing a much better job than the spokesperson of the government. He just knows a nuance day for this thing. So if this government has spent a year in power, right? So they've been six months and things are really bad. Okay. But the argument will always be, uh, these, these guys are new. It might be the same political party, but these guys want to do these things differently. In fact, the same NSC came out and said that the previous administration, the previous administration, which is also, you know, um, which they are also part of the same political party with, have stolen, ensured that they've looted Nigeria dry, that the predecessors, this is the NSA talking. So the question then becomes, why is even the NSA making pronouncements on like, economic issues, right? But I think that the NSA chairing these last negotiations or meetings, you know, in the presence of the labor um, minister is an indication of them knowing how quickly a general strike can pose a security risk for the country. Because if that strike continues and then the pain, people begin to feel the pain, that time people lose sense. Yeah. You go now see the people. I think, I think it's for also streets. an indication of the fact that the government knows that it doesn't want to make any economic, it doesn't want to meet any of the economic demands. So then don't send anybody who actually has the power to make decisions about minimum wage or about full price. Then somebody who make the question purely a security question, which totally shifts the terrain in favor of the government and not in favor of labor. Because if the question is about security, then it's like, please don't yeah, and pull out the big guns, are we? Exactly. Because you know, then it's like, oh, you can't strike because it's unsafe or because it threatens to be oh, it will lead to something like an NSAS ish. Yes, and ens- reloaded. Yeah, um, they're very wary of. I can tell you they're very wary of any it, sort of it, social upheaval at so the yeah, at this moment. Down them, so, so if it boils down to them buying time, which they're just back in class terms, right? 
that this is a ruling class fighting for his interests. And you know, um, this that, guy said something last. So I'm sorry yeah, for going on. Yeah, yeah. Shores, said something last week that this bunch of people that are in power, you know, they have their traditions from ruling class traditions. Mm. I mean, for labor traditions, so they are able to know those nuances when it comes to labor and all that. Mm. Yeah. So you should be careful about you know them. No, and, and and I think yeah, the point I was trying to get at there too is that like. If we put this back in class terms, which I think you've done, and say that the ruling class has its interests in the economy, you know, which are to extract, to buy time, as in like to borrow your term, America, to extract as much as possible before people react. And the workers, in theory, are supposed to have their own interests, which is to immediately start fighting to prevent that extraction from killing you, right, and to win concessions and even to maybe transform the nature of productive relations in the economy, if you can fight that much. Which of those two, America, I mean, are, are, are actually fighting, playing their historic role here? Or do you think they both are? I mean, just to clarify your position ultimately in class terms, like, who seems to actually be fighting their class interest most effectively here? Or do you think that the situation, because it's a crisis, quote-unquote, is should not even be read in class terms. You should really be giving them time and all this stuff. I mean, because that sounds a bit like propaganda, really. You know, class propaganda. So, yeah, I just wonder if... I think I know where you stand ultimately, right? I know you're trying to be nuanced so we have a conversation, but I wonder how you would articulate it in respect to this issue. Like, who do you think is actually fighting their class interest more effectively? Well, I mean, that's a difficult question to answer. Mm. Right. But what I think is pretty obvious to me is the government, the ruling class of the government right. is trying to buy, buy time. Okay. Um, they have, however, little, a bit of public opinion on their side. Maybe not the major one, but they do have some. No, right? sure. There's the honeymoon period. I mean, we yeah. can even say that some of the public here is is being quite generous to them today. Yeah, that's, so, so that's 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 the thing, right? And then there's a large swath of the Nigerian population who can't be bothered between labor and the government. But then there's also that significant population who buy into the labor sentiment, right? But here's what I think might happen. We'll begin to get, we might begin to find answers to the question that you just posed after this present government has its own budget, right? So right now it's almost like uh, we're trying to um, try and sort out some of the mess that we found. We inherited but America, a lot you of know, mess. You don't see that supplementary budget where they published. So in that supplementary budget, right, did you get the sense mm. that they are trying to sort out the mess or that they are trying to be balanced and um, try to take care of people small and then take care of themselves small? Or that which, gov which, which government no they take care of people and it's self support. No, I, I, I just ask you now in terms of you said that it's a complicated question to answer in terms of which mm. class is fighting mm. the interest, and then you say that the budget will help us answer that question, which is a really good approach. Mm. So mm. let's look at some indications of budgets because the future. Don't be there; they won't buy both. I'll be yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you. Help me answer. Abeg. Do you know what they say? Yeah, yeah, where their propagandists tell you say they don't already deliver. You know they no, hear that. Leave part. their propaganda to one side for the moment now. Because so don't even them other. 
But leave that propaganda to one side for the moment. Let's face yeah. the class realities. Do these people seem like the kind of people to you that have it in mind in the next budget to try to create some concessions for labor? Because the way they actually right. to the point of even slapping the guy, whether it's locally or nationally, it just suggests to me that they take these people play. And the people say they are responding in a way that makes it more likely that they're going to take them play. I mean, OG, am I far off here? Or Even the Buhari way be like authoritarian. Why they never slap the body down? As in, you know, but I'm saying that if we get like um, things wait on the happen over time, it will, it will catapult or snowball into something bigger. You know, we don't, the CDS as they pick people up, PFCC don't, they act anyhow, state actors, like all these um, institutions, the non-state actors, MCO Loma, all this. No how we hand no go touch people. Asari Dokubo, no hand we hand no go, no how we hand no go touch people. And this is what we are having, that atmosphere of say anybody if you do anyhow, especially as you feel say, oh, they, they go against the executive and they won't mess the executive, um, you know, government up. Then non-state actors who even take them upon themselves to go deal with whoever, including labor leader. And this is what we're having. There's that atmosphere, see anybody if you do anyhow, that, you know, sort of has become more predominant with this administration. Though you don't did you did hear, before. Did you hear Oshomali yesterday? I just heard that. He said something about politicizing the thing, blah, blah, blah. That's what. I felt that he said, you know, I know really they check for the guy since not bullshit guy. I so, you know, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I know really, they, I know, you know, I feel that the labor, labor party, labor union should have built itself to such an institution that is strong enough to bring the country to its knees at any time where they feel, say, the government done, they trample on the rights of the people. But they've played this game so much that people don't take them seriously like that yes. again. We have to be honest. Even since we just have to be honest, as America said, but you know, even since but we're not saying anything new by saying that people don't take labor seriously, that's where we are. But it just right? seems that it's as yeah, a, it's like it's like how we have we gotten to a yes, point where we like say you did so on see, like nobody yeah. they even can't send you, but about that to the point they beat your president, then yeah, nah. it just seems like that's what I'm saying. It's at all but but you see, yeah, as a bit time they can't do two days. Right that's now. why I ask you. That's why I ask you whether you listen to Oshimori yesterday. I know, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm so maybe, maybe, so, maybe, as the, maybe this yeah. is the concluding note. Yeah, well, okay, so what did Oshimori say that we should? Um, so say? as the bit time finish, they can't declare nationwide strike, right? Uh-huh. Oshimori argument be say it is political because why something will happen? Why they would declare nationwide strike? off the basis of something that happened in Imo. So why wasn't their measures, their um, declaration of strike, why no stop for Imo states? Why did they have to declare a national um, strike? So the the thing that I ask is, so Oshomole no no say, if you, if you place your hand on a labor leader, you're not, it's not Ajero, it's about the institution, right? And that if the federal, go- or if, sorry, not the federal government, if the sitting governor who is being accused of sending thugs, you know, to hound labor union president gets away with that action and there's no um, repercussion for it. It is something that will then be institutionalized, something that will repeat itself over and over again. So I don't get why people um, seem to ha- seem to be having a laugh about the fact that 
Uh, it was not until he was slapped that he did, then had the balls to declare a nationwide strike. That's enough reason to declare a nationwide strike for Christ's sake. And I don't care what Otomoli thinks about it because, he, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I want an idiot on you. I, I, I think you know, what you're making on this podcast is that the strike should have happened way earlier. That this, that, yeah, that's that this, that not only is that a valid mm. reason, it was the reason was already there long before, before, no, beyond they slap you around. Yes, like you don't and, know, and, and then the point, nobody saying, yeah, and then the point, yeah, and the point that I am making, right, is that we need to be careful about this strike thing because if we go on strike, we cannot lie to you. The only thing we go affect, you, you know, the, the, the ruling class no go stop to the Ito. That's not going to change anything for them. It's only that the economy grounds to a halt and then it begins to have, you, 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 you know, security implications in terms of protests, riots and all of that, which is, which is what they want to avoid. But you and I, who are already feeling the pangs of the economy, no, but, but is, now, uh, now, now we will do worse off for us. Yeah, sure, but what that's the economy. So these are things that the, need to be put into consideration. The, the security challenge is not the only leverage that a strike exerts. The other is oil production, right? Because if it's NLC calls a strike, then Pengasan and you're paying our members, which has a direct budgetary implication for the ruling class. And yeah. then there's also government services which turn public anger as you said earlier not against labor but against the ruling class so it's not just because of the possibility of riots which by the way is often instigated by the police anyway that the ruling class fears these strikes you know so you're right there are implications but the reason why the ruling class makes all these efforts even if they are often half-hearted efforts or disingenuous efforts to avoid it is because it knows that it will hurt it so, in a, in essence, the question we are posing is not is a strike legitimate or not when the labor leader is slapped. Of course, it's legitimate. I mean, that question is for pundits on channels TV or Arise to pose. It's not, that's not what we're saying. The question we're posing is why does it have to get to that? And and she reason is never day to go on strike before the slap. Why 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 have we come to a place where it has gotten to? the tribune of the people or the so-called representative of working class and even informal sector interests to be slapped left and right in a state or federal setting before getting a strike and that seems to be to come back to your point um that seems to mark the downturn that you're saying started all the way back in the 70s to me, it seems like that this we're seeing an acceleration of that downturn now. That we're facing a situation that's even worse than the Oshomole situation. But you're suggesting that no, I mean, yeah, I, I I think you were a little ambivalent on that because you're saying, okay, this guy himself might be more of a fighter, but it's just he's constrained because of the emergence of the Labour Party and this stuff. That might be. But ultimately it seems like we're in a situation where the balance of forces in terms of public opinion, in terms of um, the economic balance of forces as well, seems to have really tipped much further in favor of the ruling party than we have seen before. Leading me maybe to my final question um, before we get off this topic. Is it fair to say that the Tinubu administration has much more wiggle room 
in terms of class relations, in terms of ruling class relation to the working class, than we have seen so far in the Fourth Republic. Because I heard one of the radicals in the Shore kind of circle make this point that like Tinubu seems to be able to get away with much, much more. Maybe it's because Labour Party exists. Maybe it's because they've managed to create this propaganda atmosphere where they're buying time, quote unquote, or maybe it's because they can externalize the problem and say, oh, the economic situation is really about Ukraine war, climate change or whatever. But for whatever reason, <laughs> he actually seems to have a lot more space to do a lot of, to do and undo, even to the point of passing that ridiculous supplementary budget through than a lot of presidents before him, such that even Obasi and some of the one of the more authoritarian figures would probably have been envious of this kind of space. Do you think that's taking it too far? Or do you feel like there are reasons why that argument can be made? Mm. And then maybe any closing thoughts? Um, oh, well. I'll just, okay. All right, go ahead, Mecca. Go ahead. No, 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 you should. Yeah, what I feel is that this, you, uh, this ruling class for Nigeria, they, they are expanding so much and mm -hmm. they've gone so big whereby any opposition way they in terms of maybe the other parties you don't they kind of win and they're like all encompassing all domineering that even all other aspects of society we suppose really push back mm -hmm. and be on the side of you know the people you know they like that again you know they have strong influences you know, in all this judicial, everywhere, now, they don't, the media, shaping of opinions, all that. So they, people, goodwill, don't open up. Like I said, they, they can't do something different. And that's, mm -hmm. that accounts for that. Uh, make we see what they want to do. Make we see what, as if they are not going to come and cater to the interest of, to monetary interests or interest of the, uh, you know, elites like that. You know, so people feel, people sort of feel like they are coming to do something genuinely different which mm. is not maybe if you say they go they progressive <laughs> as the apc i don't know sure. but the root shock nine they don't they, they don't transform lagos so maybe <laughs> so like those this is not part of the propaganda where they push come you know and for some people might feel like, okay well let's see what they want to come and do you know let's give them time let's you know but as with every other administration where they come, they keep saying the previous one done, siphon, nothing there to work with. That's what everyone has been saying, you know. And that no means say they go stop their corruption. That no means say they don't go they meet out stupid policies on top of people where they make their lives harder. They all continue in the same vein, you know. So my question now is, which I mean, I, I, I answer a question with that. Like, when is the labor? <laughs> when they go draw yeah. the line? Yeah, yeah. they're supposed to be an institution that is like shield shield the people from this thing we won't kill them these policies that want to kill them that, that's almost making everybody poor now well i shield them when will you be truly on the side of the people she's been a label now to defend the interests of the people why why is it that a lot of times on we say the people they feel betrayed so much that anything will come happen now gone they can't they feel like say well uh Colamo, you know, Colamo, they, they practically make jests of labor now, you know. So labor has to fix up and reconnect with its historical duty, which means standing by the side of the people and know that they have to be political. That mm. trash that they are not political is rubbish. They have to be political and secure political power to, you know, carry the interests of the people further and concretize it. So that's going to be my own uh, say on that. Excellent. Am I your final thoughts? Okay, um, 
two things, or maybe even three. But first things first, the rationale that this present administration gave for its supplementary budget was to accommodate some of um, the concessions that it had made to labor during negotiations. So I wanted to put that on record. Now that they found a way to smuggle um, line items for their own extravagance doesn't negate that bit. I mean, which right, concessions so that, did they make to labor in the supplementary budget? I didn't see some. Any. Oh, they, that's they. That's that's their argument. It might be propaganda, but that's something that they put out. That the rationale behind that supplementary budget is for them to be. So you don't reach where they, they use labor self. They buy yacht. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so now waiting. Now, so now waiting. Them talk about that. Secondly, <laughs> right. Um, I don't totally agree that this president administration seems to have more wiggle room. I just keep it down to they are enjoying their honeymoon period, and it's been a long one for whatever reason. Um, six months. I'll begin to form a stronger opinion about this maybe after nine months, maybe after one year, especially after they passed their own budget. They're not running on anybody's budget. This budget na na them design and na them fashion and na them one implement and as then toxic they won't move um, the country. But much more importantly, I think that we need to also pay attention to that semblance of unity that this present administration still has or you know until we begin to see cracks in um in the wall of, of, of their government. So they're not novices and they're not naive. So what they much more than what what they what they did pretty early was that they consolidated power. So now all their people, now kitchen so the, that kitchen cabinet they tight. It they tight for um legislature, it they tight for judiciary, and it don't they tight for executive. So in within that three arms of government, you don't get anybody with it. So we don't get the Buhari situation where Saraki they fight Buhari, you know, in that um, sense. We don't also have the Obasanjo situation where there were there was quite a lot of people who stood up against the Obasanjo administration, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or or even yeah. Uh, I mean, the opposition parties were stronger back then, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so we, we 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 don't quite have that. So like nice one. Said. So like you mentioned, I think beyond heaping all of this um, inactivity or blame for the inactivity on, on Labour, there's also a question about what's the Labour Party as an opposition doing, what's the PDP as an opposition um, doing, how effective are they about, you know, their the job of being um, oppositions, you know, in, in, in that sense. But I think that, you know, um, to round this up, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and leave it you know, somewhere that we can pick it up from later. I think that I personally would be in a much better position to take, you know, a definitive stance on legal um, from, you know, the first quarter of next year. So let's see how things go. But I, where, where I stand right now is, I beg, make nobody they compare. Oshimoli uh, na fool na complete one. No, there's no ranking him above anybody. We come after him. He's probably being one of the worst. And also, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Had. I think he was terribly bad, but actually, I think he was better than Waba. 
So for sure. And um but, and I think but now you say what about you say nine nine pour water for ground for what about uh, nine exactly uh, you just said the stage. it was it was still um he still somehow managed to from the interest from the point of view of the sufferings of nigerian people somehow managed to delay do you know what i'm saying like what we're comparing to like, delay the misery uh-huh. so we're still, we're still comparing to because he sees himself as a liberal right i mean you could argue that he's a neoliberal so we're comparing two opponents of our own or nobody say what well, it's like okay this one is more of our friend now that's not the point at all but it's like yeah, too too bullshit yes and from that standpoint at least you know people could breathe to some extent you know but um but yeah, anyway, i just feel i feel like he confused the people more mm. and that makes yeah. him worse than you know then the other and he can't delegitimize people like people who know sea labor as something to put their trust in right that's what i feel like is this cardinal yeah you know sure. uh, offense as oh, yeah. someone in Which yeah so, you know? yeah yeah so i know i yeah, know like nine people give, yeah. nine gave labor unions the baggage with them they carry now yeah so, yeah you know, don't wear that khaki like this it was a yeah mm. uh, you be like sure mole. you be thief you be thief don't be your sure mole <laughs> Yeah. But Oshomali was found out pretty late towards the end of his tenure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was with, was he was found out, but he was found out. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, so these are all actually fair points. Maybe I have to revise my take on Oshomali because you know, from that standpoint, it's kind of like the person who seems closest to you and seems like more is your friend and stuff, and actually is undermining you is worse than the person who is just. We don't know. Say, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's probably more articulate. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And grab ground the surface too much. Yeah. That's all. Anyway, so I guess we should probably leave it at that inconclusive note. But I think that's just the situation that we're faced with. And of course we'll continue to cover this um the, this kind of subsidy labor government situation as frustrating a conversation as it is. Um yeah. but I suppose, yeah, I mean for a podcast that has some left orientation it probably makes sense to um continue to revisit this issue if not before the budget comes out then at least then just to see whether um emeka's red line finally has been crossed or whether he still thinks we should give the government time so (laughs) yeah maybe we should leave it there for now yeah i think but they never go strike they go strike the off lights I mean, yeah, <laughs> they go strike, they're off like this small lights where they enjoy, or they go strike. I know, go free, I know, make that. You won't come make the strike, they go using a strike action. Uh, I will make one charge. Yeah. Make just one charge yeah. phone now. Any problem, yeah. You see, when, 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 you know, charge phone now. You know, when, when, when the people around me, you know, so when I be leftist. But me, I, the people are they they be neoliberal. When my neoliberal parties them see say they justify it, then we can move into the street. Okay, but I now, see you. I see you. <laughs> oh. mm-hmm. We shouldn't hold our breath. Yeah, we know they are brave of vacuum. You're not breathing. I understand that fact. So we're not breathing. Uh, we can't run ahead of people in terms of. No, we cannot. We cannot. Uh, how many will be? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think that we can. The neoliberals. Are not the only people in society like we've not run a survey but again i think that it may be unfair to say that most or all nigerians would not have supported the strike if 
it actually had, had happened when the oil price had increased. At that point in time, a lot of people were actually looking for somebody to call action. That would have been the time to really polarize society and see who is on your side and who isn't. And I wouldn't have been surprised if actually a lot of people, more people than sat out, came out. Um, so for that's now, a missed opportunity. So absolutely. Madam Bean, In fact, I'm yeah. not saying this based on theories. This is what Nigerians are telling me. People are saying that, look, you ask, I was asking people around yesterday, like, you they support this strike? You are like, which strike? This strike makes sense. They're like, the time to have to do strike was to, to have struck. To yes, the time to have struck was a couple months ago <laughs> when this the day that the price dropped. If we had responded that day, I go pack. Yeah. That's what people were saying. Now, of course, there are still people on Twitter or whatever, the people who sit in AC offices or who have lied to begin with, who are like, Nah, yeah, let, you know, labor, nah, you know, whatever. Like, oh, people, and the subsidy, actually, maybe it's, you know, subsidies, and blah, blah, blah. Speaking I see subsidy magic. Grammar, right. But, mm. I mean, for a lot of people who, for whom it's a material question, they would have responded. You know, and that's the sense I was getting from non-neoliberal people or just ordinary people who hadn't declared their camp already, who I was talking to yesterday. Sure, the neoliberals would say, Ma, ma 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 play devil's advocate. If Nigerians are really serious, right? That's the majority of Nigerians. One thing they don't do on themselves. If they believe, say this thing, they pain them. Say you don't reach the shots. Don't. If I, they, you have pushed me to the wall. There's no more room space. Now them go come out by themselves. Because history don't prove say Nigeria should come out by them. They don't need to wait for labor. So if we even agree that labor is a toothless bulldog or it's um, is, is 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 worthless, right? When people so this one they still they 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 get leg room, you know, this one where the people still fit, you know, if they instead of on generator by eight o'clock to four AM or five AM, maybe then they on them now by eleven. To, no, no, I buy that. That people have a certain yeah, people still, yeah, people get the threshold still there. Make another light to you, but but, mm -hmm. but yes. So, but I mean, I'm not. We should one should not be an accelerationist, right? Say that let people suffer more so that they so that the suffering makes them react. Because what we want to do is to react before the suffering gets so terrible, uh, right? Um, and that often requires leadership. That's the truth. Mm. It requires people who have the foresight to say, look. Um, let's an, organization, an organization. An organization. Let's not wait till your career has already finished first. So you now start that protest that people they do when Gary don't finish. That protest, no, the day sweet. That one said, someone was not going to be come on, even mm. before they support them. So, so you don't want it to wait till that point. Just spontaneous. It could be spontaneous and stuff. That one too, self. No, the two day. Very serious. direction. Yeah, direction. Yeah. No, the two day like that. And Direction that one, we'll not be collecting trash on the side of the road like you were doing with answers. No, ah. yeah, so but, but I know that one, why are they that one? Now that one we need. Which one, which one are they talking about? That see you now. Um, no, see, right? see, you know, no, 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 no. Um, Emeka, that particular one, Emeka, we, like need, we need the energy of that one, but with direction. Exactly. Because again, direction gas day. Let's not fall over that accelerationist trap, which is the risk here that let people suffer so that they can the reaction yeah, i'm not saying people should suffer no but that's just, kind of indication if you yeah mm, i'm saying that if the suffering don't reach in threshold now people will come out then there may be labor union but they must meet direction here they must get direct because they, 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 also, also you see there are all these 
there are all these kinds of ideological um blind or alleys or propaganda is the term you've been using that also prevents people from realizing that they don't reach or maybe even cross the threshold because people if you don't tell you say make I just they use breakfast they fast and pray since food no day or you know people go say look at now just say your tongue never reach you know keep praying which is also part of the thing that delays these kinds of things so if if you're waiting for it to reach some kind of automatic material need there then people might be suffering terribly you know and we already reached that point where a lot of people are actually suffering terribly so it then means that leadership is crucial leadership and organization which i'm using somewhat interchangeably um which comes back to the role of organized institutions so if they're failing um then we need to call them out rather than say look let's just wait till the people spontaneously respond because that response might not be um maybe counterproductive exactly i mean actually it might end up creating conditions not for progress but for fascism you know imagine popular response in anger in nigeria in the history that we've had i mean it's often benefited people like buhari you know rather than a progressive social direction so my two cents joy <laughs> <laughs> anyway do we have time no, no, because he, no, because oh. you've been the talk oh, i've been seeing all kind of food for the tv where you just uh... see america yeah no serious <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Anyway, I go don't cut him before that point. So you will come sound like you don't, you don't agree. Uh, uh, <laughs> cool. But I mean, I think we're rounded on. Oh, definitely.